Well, thank you. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> you know, when we change like that, they don't see it at home. <laughs> Fred's got it so they don't see us changing. And just when they come back, I'm here. <laughs> Scary. Hey, you know, let's pray for a moment. Um, you know, those astronauts just took off supposedly at 1030. So let's pray for them for their safety, okay? Pray with me, will you? Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we just uh, are in awe that somebody can do this, that we are <laughs> way beyond our imagination to break the skies, to break into the heavens. We pray your safety with this group of people that are, are trying that today. Bring them back home safe is our prayer, Lord, and be with their families in this time right now. Keep them all safe, we pray in Christ's holy name today. Amen? Amen. So we're in Genesis. If you have your uh, Bibles with you, turn to Genesis 15. We'll get there in a little bit. But here we are looking at Genesis, and we looked at the first 12 chapters lightly. You know, we're doing that, that astronaut view of Genesis, uh, that overview of it. But we got to see the miraculous part of, of all of the first 12 uh, chapters and how crazy it is, everything that happened there. And then from now on, chapters 12 through 50, is all dealing with Abraham and his, his um, journey in life and faith and, and trust in God. So today we're going to talk about him. And, uh, and, um, and I, like, I like God's um, mentality for us, his encouragement for us, that he doesn't use perfect people. Amen? <laughs> if he does, he's made a mistake here, you know. So it's really great that he uh, qualifies us. We don't need to qualify ourselves for him. Amen? And so here, here we see in Abraham, um, who had a pattern of life that was beyond our imagination, but uh, also a, um, a crazy person. Uh, I, I use that in a, 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 a complimentary thought. He was nuts. He, he, uh, he was like us. He believed and trusted in God always, had no problem with his, with his faith in God, knew that God would never leave him, knew that God would, for somehow, in some reason, had put some trust in him. But yet he did stupid things. You know, you have to start reading at chapter 12. And, uh, and it starts a whole new section of Genesis there. And, and you see Abraham, who trusts God completely, Come to the land. Come to the land that God says to him. He says, These are the peop- this land is going to be your people's land. All right? But there was a famine there, so he didn't want to go in. You know what he did instead of going into Canaan? He went to Egypt. You guys remember the story? <laughs> and he went there, and his wife, Sari, I must have been pretty cute. Because he said, Don't tell them you're my, my wife, because then they'll kill me and take you. Just tell them that you're my sister. We won't trust God for this moment right now. <laughs> we'll do this our own way. Do you see what I mean? He, he does, and Boy, I wish that was the only thing he did. But, you know, if you read uh, chapters 12 through 50, you get to see a whole lot of the craziness this boy had. But, but what I want to say to you is he never lost his faith, never lost his trust in God, uh, never lost that... Um, the thought that God would do something great with him. When God said to him, I am going to uh, give you offspring, 
offspring is just look up up in the sky, count the cloud, stars, count those stars, and that's pretty close to your offspring. Can you imagine? So, what does uh, Abraham do every time he gets together with God? He builds an altar and says, "Thanks, Lord." In the midst of all of his craziness, he builds altars and lets them go like crazy, and he, and they're still in place. Aren't they? Did you see any over there when you get to over there? Dave, um, did you see? Did they make any mention of them or anything? Oh, my. That's too bad. <laughs> That's too bad, isn't it? That would have been great to see one. Of course, you probably went in the right places, I suppose. I don't know. Cruise boat and get there and come out. Okay. Well, in the midst... In the midst of all the crazy things that Abraham did, whom God had chosen as the father of a Hebrew nation, you would think that God would do what he did in the first 12 chapters of Genesis and do away with him. But he never did. He never did. And then... I think the reason of it is is because he said I would never destroy this creation again. And I guess I should, as I, even before we get started, I guess that should give us hope that in the midst of all of our failures, in the midst of all my failures, in the midst of all the craziness that we do, we should hang on to the promise that God says, I'm not going to leave you. I don't care what you do. I'm going to be there with you. Amen? I mean, that should give us hope. If he does it with Abraham, he's going to do it with you and I because we're in a different generation and a different means of grace today. I think he'll continue to love us and to use us and to help us grow in our relationship with him. Well, in chapter 15, that's where we want to be. Let me start at verse 1, and then we'll get to verse 5 and 6. It was some time later that the Lord spoke to Abraham. Now, you have to understand one of the great things. When we, when we pass over this stuff in Scripture so quickly, this is probably the first time, other than Adam and Eve, this is probably the first time that God was face-to-face with somebody. Did you get that? Moses couldn't see him. Nobody could see him. He was that far apart from, every, from creation. Now, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Don't be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abraham replied, God, what good are your blessings when I don't even have a son? <laughs> Boy, we need to read into that. Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant of my household, is going to get everything when I die. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Now he's 75 years old. Do you remember that? He's 75 years old when he said this. Uh, The Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And now you know one of the crazy things that Abraham did. What did he do, him and Sarai? Chuckled over this whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, sure, we're going to have a kid. Then the Lord took Abraham outside. Here we are in verse 5. Then the Lord took Abraham 
Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Now here's, I think, probably one of the great verses of God's word. Verse 6. And Abram believed the Lord. You all hear that? And Abram believed the Lord. Now Abram's going to believe the Lord many, many times after this. Take Isaac up on the hill and do an offering, you know. And Abraham believed the Lord would provide. Here it says, And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted to him. Accounted it to him because of... And the Lord accounted him as righteousness because of his faith. Let's pray. God, God, as we hear your word today, we want to hear you say to us, oh, thanks for believing in you. We want to hear you say to us, thanks for calling us righteous. Not because of what we have done, but because of our faith in you. Help us to hear that this day. Open our ears, open our, open our hearts to what you'd have to say to us. And uh, may your servant's words today be nothing more than your words. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Now, my friends, this is the word of God for all of his people. Thanks be to God. So I want to give you three, quickly, three essential qualities that I see, that I see here in this story, in this, in this verse 5 and 6, but um, umbrellaed over five and six is the, the um, qualities of um, Abram um, to be Abraham and Sarah. The qualities that he had that you and I should have today. If we want to go out at night and count the stars and say, oh my, that's how many blessings I get. That's what God is saying to us. Let me give you the first one. If you don't see anything in Abram's life, you have to see that he had a pattern of belief. Belief in God. He, he was strong. Um, he, was, he was steadfast in everything he was doing. Yes, I want to say he was a, a, um, at times a bit of a coward. A, at times a, a probably a very poor husband. Uh, at times a little bit not a good father. Matter of fact, a, little, a lot of times he was a terrible father. But doesn't that sound like you and me? We have those times when we're okay, and then we have those times when we're not okay. Um, Abram was like, like everybody. And that's what, I, as I was saying, I like about God's Word. He doesn't choose people who are perfect, because there isn't any. There was only one, and we killed him. Amen? And so there's only one, only one perfect, but he chooses this flawed creation of his to become the witnesses of his faith. And and Abram had a pattern of belief more than we could ever result, um, believe in our hearts. Um, and that pattern of, of belief that he had caused God to say, oh, oh, there's where that righteousness comes from. Our righteousness, you know, we would, I'd love to be called uh, the righteous. I'd love God to reach down and say, oh, okay, you're righteous. <laughs> but I have a couple flaws yet. Ask Phyllis Ann. <laughs> 
But our righteousness doesn't come from anything that we do. Thank God. Amen. If it did, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Wouldn't we? Abram was in a lot of trouble, but his righteousness wasn't because of what he did. It was because of his faith in God. You and I have that same, same problem. Write this scripture down, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it's by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And if this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. The gift of God, for it's not by works. Because that way no one can boast. My goodness. We see throughout this book of Genesis how God takes those who are flawed and makes them something else. And I think he wants to do that with us today simply because we have a faith in that promise that he has given us and that faith that he has given us in that promise through Jesus Christ. Amen? You see, because we all have a a price that we have to settle, don't we? We all have fallen short of the, God, the glory of God and missed the mark. We've all, we've all done that. We're all in that place where we need to have a pattern of belief that God will, will not separate himself from us. We're in that world, have been in that world since creation where, where wrong has to be paid for. And I don't quite understand all of it, and, and I... I, I it's a mystery. Paul says it's a mystery because of a sin that uh, I have in my life and I, I couldn't pay it. But Jesus came, lived that perfect life, um, did everything that was right and then died that terrible death simply to take care of that, that sin that I couldn't take care of. He paid it. He paid the price for it. He gave it all to, to um, uh, that sacrificial death that you and I might have a debt that could not be paid, be paid for. Abraham, listen to verse 6 again. Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous. I, I need to say to you today, we need to have that pattern of belief that we'll be, do the same thing. Never have that doubt in our life that the world is, is ending and we're in trouble. He never lost his faith in God. Abraham might have done some crazy things, but he never lost his faith. And you and I need to be, be that way. Look, look at Hebrews chapter 6. It says, now without faith it's impossible to please God. Do you all get that? You and I need to hear that more than anything else in this world today. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Abraham was simply blessed because he had a pattern of faith. Now, let me, let me push this just a little bit further, give you another one. He also had a pattern of worship. You have to look on further in verse 8. After, that, after Abraham traveled a little bit more farther south, he set up camp in the hill country um, with Bethel to the west and I to the east. And listen to it. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Now, I would like to go through all the times that he worshiped the Lord. Um, in, in chapter 13, verse 4, he built another altar, and there he worshiped the Lord again. And, and, um, and, and then in 18, we come to another time that in memory that he built another altar. I'm surprised you, you know, those are nothing, the altar is nothing but a pile of stones. 
That's all the altar is, the pile of stones where God touched his life. And there's these pile of stones all over the place. And guess what Abraham did there? Worship the Lord. Every step of the way, every step of the way, every, every part of his journey, somewhere along the way, even in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the nutso things he did, he paused and always worshipped the Lord and, and made an altar there so that everybody would know it. Now think about it. Think about it, you and me today. If every time something happened and we felt the presence of God in the, in the midst of it, um, for example, with Trish, you know, I don't know about you, but we should set an altar up at the mailbox, at the post office, huh? right out there. We should set up an altar and say, God, thank you. Amen? Thank you for taking care of that lady. Oh, my goodness. It was pretty bad when they came. We can't, we can't even begin to imagine how bad it was, friends. We could be doing something totally different today. But God. Amen? But God. And we should be... Think about that in your own life. Every time, you know, every time we, we got in the truck on the way home from the farm uh, um, Sunday and, and Claire had run from, from uh, we think, 11.30, her and five other kids, all of them the same age, seven and seven, six, seven and eight in that area, they had run from 11.30 till 5 o'clock when we yelled, come, it's time to go home. She got in the truck. She got in the truck. We got an hour ride, and she never shut up. You know, never shut up. Finally, five minutes left, she falls asleep. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> now, yeah, I don't know about you, but I said, geez, thanks, Lord, for that. You know? Uh, every, when Phyllis Ann and I are around her, there's a lot of times we should just pause and say, Lord, thank you for that gift. You know? Thank you for Riker. For, oh. You can't see him at home, but he's asleep on Jeff's, Jeff's chest there. It's great. All those things, you know, when mom and dad are better, you know, those times when we see God at work, we should stop and build an altar in our heart and worship God. That's the pattern that Abraham had. It's literally, it's, um, it's that great Shema. You know what I'm talking about in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 6? Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? It says, uh, there it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God. He is one God, he is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your spirit, with all of your strength. Every day of your life, every moment of your life, you are to be in the presence of God and tell him thanks. I think that's a pattern that we need to get back into all the time. Uh, a, time to, a time to pause and to worship God. So we, we left the, the Canaan Valley and um, we're driving home and we're eating breakfast before we go to the farm. We went to the farm this time more than ever. We went on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I'm telling you. And there's not that much to do on the farm. But we visited with family and friends. That was good. So we're, we're heading over to the farm. We're eating breakfast. And I look up at Phyllis Ann and I said, uh-oh. I left my iPad in the room. I could see where it was sitting on the stand over there. Okay? This is a great big place, a busy place. So I went back over, went to the front desk, and I told them what happened. They called the woman that's cleaning that floor. She hadn't reached it yet. Praise God. So they gave me another key to get in. I went over, and there was my iPad sitting there. Now it's not a big to-do, is it? My whole life is on the iPad. 
that was a big thing, you know. Don't let my iPad be gone. And you know what I did there for about five seconds? I stopped and said, okay, Lord, thank you for making my iPad available again. Thank you for that little, it's a little thing, isn't it? But if we don't say to God uh, for those little things, only when we get the big things, we're missing. We're missing so many times that we can have a belief that worships God no matter what. Let me give you a third one. Not only did he have a pattern of, of a belief and a pattern of worship, but he had a pattern of patient perseverance. Are you ready for this? I want you to think about it. In our land, in our world today, in our world today, and I don't know about the rest of you, but in my, my world, okay, my world is, if I want something, where is that doggone obstruct? It didn't come today. It should have been here today, right? The next day comes, and the ups doesn't show up again. Now I'm calling Amazon. You know, where's that doggone package? I, I, you told me it would be here today. It's not, it is not here. Well, I didn't wait long enough. You know, the ups guy doesn't come to four. That was a nine. He should have been there. We're very impatient, aren't we? Or, or is it just me? Anybody else impatient? I'm a little bit spazzo that way. I'm, I'm impatient. I'm I asked Shannon one time, I said, I'm not an impatient person, am I? And she chuckled. She chuckled and said, yeah, Dad, you're the most impatient person I know. <laughs> I said, oh, I don't think so. But I am. I have to admit it. Abraham had to wait, can you imagine, 25 stinking years to have a son. You and I need to hear that. If we want to be, be um, seen as a righteous person in God's eyes, we better have some patience. We better, we better learn the lesson that God is going to bless us all along the way until we get what we want, you know? Phyllis Ann waited all those years until she met me and then she got married. She was very patient for that, you know? It could have been another 10 years. But no, in her timeline, in her space, God set her all up to be right and meet me. You know what I mean? She couldn't have met anybody else better, well, nicer than, uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, she never intended at all to get married, and then I walked into her life. Uh, a person dying, you know? A person that had to go to jail, prison, and <laughs> And while I was in prison, she went home and told her mom, okay, mom, I'm getting married. Can you imagine? You heard this story? Can you imagine going home and telling your mom, okay, I'm getting married. I've waited all these years. I finally found the guy, but he's in prison right now. But mom, don't worry, he's getting out. <laughs> and when the whole conversation was done, Phyllis's mom, who was a saint of saints, looked at Phyllis and said, only you and God, only you and God know what you're doing. Amen. Patient perseverance takes an awful lot, an awful lot in our lives. And it's a lesson that, um, that um, we need to learn. Paul said it to us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He says, let us run the race, um, not, not Paul, Paul didn't say, we don't know who the writer was. But in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, let us run with perseverance the race 
marked out for us, fixing our eyes on the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. I have the wrong scripture there. I'll give it to you. 1 Corinthians 12 is what it is. It's not enough to start the race, my friends. It's not enough to start the race. We need to run it with the intent to finish the race. Now, I don't know about you, but did anybody watch the Epsys last night? You know that sports thing where they gave those awards out? They gave a award out to a kid for Down syndrome, a young man. I think he's 23 now. And um, it was very emotional. But this kid won um, an Ironman race. An Ironman race where you swim for so many miles, run for so many miles, and bicycle for like over 100 miles. And he was the first Down syndrome kid to ever complete that in the time span of 17 hours. 17 hours. He did it with 16 hours and 45 minutes. And last night they asked him what, how, how he did that. Uh, are you ready for this? He started when he was 17, I think. And he's 23, I believe, at this time when he won it. He said, all I did was try to do 1% better each day. Now, for a Down syndrome kid, that's probably a lot, isn't it? For me, that would be a lot. Amen? 1% better. That's patient perseverance. That he, was, he knew that he was going to run in the race, but he didn't know when. But his dad and mom and all of his coaches and everybody that was there with him helped him to get there those many years later. And now he says, now he says, he says, you want to know who I am now? He says, well, I'm an Ironman award winner. And he gets this award from the ESPYs. He says, I'm an author. I'm a, a, a public speaker. And he said, I'm 23 and I'm single and available. <laughs> I thought, that's great. And he said, I'm going to try to do 1% better tomorrow. Praise God. And then he gives God all the glory. That's, that's, my friend, is I think the patterns we need to go after. You and I, if we want to um, be considered righteous in God's eyes, is to have that belief that no matter what goes on, it doesn't matter. To have that heart of worship and to believe that he is going to be with us. Even, even in the times where, where it seems like he's gone, we need to know that he's right there. That's that perseverance that we need. Amen? Let's pray together. God, we, we come before you this morning humbled in our hearts simply because we know that we can't be getting righteous in our own eyes, in our own ways, that it's only through you and your son, Jesus Christ, that we can become that way. It's only in our, our belief that you, Lord, Lord God, gave us your son that belief that causes us to worship Jesus for who he is, our Savior, our Redeemer. That quality that gives us that perseverance through the power of the Holy Spirit to hang on through the trials and the valleys and the mountains, through the good times and the bad times. Help us to hold on to that and hear you say to us one day, Lord, well done, my righteous child. Well done. Challenge us today, Lord. 
not just to have these three patterns, but patterns in our life that would say to the world around us, we trust you. We believe in you. We worship you. We pray this in your son's name today as we get ready to take this this holy communion and remind us how much you truly love us. We pray in Christ's name today. Amen.